Hey, we want to thank you for listening today to a sermon from Edwards Lake Church. And we hope that you recognize the message of God as we open his word together and examine his incredible life-changing teaching. We pray that this message will challenge you, motivate you, or touch you in some way. Let's open the Bible together. Welcome. Uh, Let's uh, get ready to take some notes. I wanted to say welcome to all of our guests. Uh, I look around and I see quite a few with us, and we are excited to have you with us. Thank you for coming and spending some time with us as we spend some time with God. And uh, it's always a wonderful thing to be able to to sing these songs. After we sing songs like Jesus, Draw Me Ever Nearer, I'm always appreciative of the fact that there's the collection before I have to get up here and I can compose myself again because that song hits me every time we sing it. And uh, I appreciate Alan for leading that and for others who have taken a part in our worship service this morning. Uh, I did want to mention before I get started today, I dropped by to see Joe um, take them some food this past week and Johnny asked me specifically to mention his feet have been swelling and he wanted me to ask y'all to pray for him and uh, and I neglected to put it in the bulletin but I did not want to not keep my word so uh, be praying for Johnny uh, and really the whole Estes family I know they could all use uh, your prayers and uh, and Joy and Chris and uh, everybody in that situation trying to help Joe get back to full health Uh, We spent this last week doing Christmas, as I I think probably most of the families in here have done, and one of the traditions we started last year that Gibson made sure that we did this year was the annual reading of A Christmas Carol. He is a Dickens fanatic, and he was not going to let the time go by without us, him reading the entire Christmas Carol to our entire family out loud, which was glorious. He did a, a fantastic job with that. And I I love that story because that story is just a a perfect picture of what what repentance and redemption looks like. Uh, Here he is faced with, for those who who oddly aren't familiar with the story, he is faced with three ghosts that come to him and they basically cause him to come face to face with himself. Uh, They, they, take him to the past and let him see just how how vibrant and promising his future was. They make him see the present, and he is able to see just just what a mess he has made of things. And then they cause him to see the future, and he sees that things did not work out the way he wanted it to. And by all human measures, he was a successful man. He was a man who had plenty of money. He was a man who had the world's goods. But by any other measure, he was a complete failure. No family, no friends, nobody that he could count on. He had placed all of his attention and all of his effort on making more money. And he had lost everything else along the way. You know, there are times when life doesn't work out the way you think it should. And there are times when it is good to be faced with where we're at and what we have not only in the past, but what we have in the future. And I want to spend some time doing that today, looking at where we've come or how far we've come, especially over this past year, and then look at what we have to look forward to in the coming year. 
God's people have often through history been given opportunities to look through the past and to look at the things that they have. You you look through the law, you look at the Psalms, even the Psalm that Gibson read this morning, Psalm 34, you've got this, this glimpse of where life has been, how God has taken care of him. And it's interesting, I don't know if you noticed this, this was the part he didn't read, but it's the little subheading there uh, that are really part of the original psalm. The numbers are not part of, or the numbers are, the verse markings aren't. But notice it says, concerning David, when he pretended to be insane in the presence of Abimelech, who drove him out and he departed. Now put yourself in that scenario, David, the promised king of Israel, the one who has been anointed, who has been running for his life because the current king of Israel wants him dead to the point he had to run so far that he had to run into enemy territory and pretend to be insane in order to preserve his own life. That's what he got forced to do. Now, when David, the little shepherd boy, which really probably more of a young man, but you know, here he's, he's, he's out watching sheep and he's comfortable in his father's home, do you expect that he ever foresaw his life turning into the disaster that it was at that moment? Or when David was standing before Samuel and Samuel was pouring olive oil on his head, do you think he foresaw, you know, sometime in a couple of years, I'm going to have to pretend to be insane, so I better work on that. I don't think David saw his life working out that way, but it did. It it just, it didn't work out the way you would expect it to. And that's the way it has often been with God's people. Uh, In the law, you know, the feasts that they were given in the law, all of those feasts were occasions for them to look back at the past and see what God has done. The Passover feast helped them remember that God was a deliverer, that he had delivered them before, and the application there is that he will deliver us again. You've got Pentecost, you've got the the Feast of Tents, you've got all of these different feasts that they celebrated, which reminded them of the past so that they could look forward and hope to the future. Even the books of history do that for us as we go through Scripture. Well, these times of reflection allow us to see God's faithfulness. They allow us to see that God does amazing things. Times of reflection allow us to look back and see, even if we didn't see it at the moment, that God is with us and that God will continue to be with us and that God has always been with us. It causes us to trust in God in the moment because we've been able to trust in God in the past. And it also gives us hope for God's involvement in the future. So I want to spend a few moments this morning, not many, but a few moments reflecting, looking back over this past year. Uh, People have kind of joked around that, you know, we had 2020, which was less than ideal, to say the least. And then it's kind of funny that we we have this year, which was 2021, which people have rewritten as 2020 W-O-N, 2021, it it defeated us. 
And, and then we kind of laugh because next year it's 2022. Like it's, it's going to be 2020 all over again. But even if that were true, God saw us through 2020. And he has seen us through 2021. And he will see us through 2022. And that's the great thing about reflecting is that you're able to look back and see that God is with us. That God has done amazing things. And that God will continue to do so. So you look back at 2021 and it, it's been in a lot of ways a difficult year. In a lot of ways, they're, they're, we're, we kind of came through 2020 and the pandemic, and the pandemic kind of it goes away and comes back and goes away and comes back, and it's kind of doing this dance with us, and, and we got to figure out what we're going to do with that, and we, of course, had to figure out how we were going to handle those types of things and what was going to be our response, and uh, especially as a church, how do we handle those things? How do we keep people safe, but also how do we keep people uh, and focused on the right things? How do we do all the things we're supposed to do? And, and that has been frustrating in a lot of ways. It's been frustrating financially for a lot of people. They've had to worry about their job. They've had to worry about whether they should have security. They, they've had to worry about how they're going to pay bills. It's been frustrating for, for, for us as families. Some of us had a little too much family togetherness, I think, over the past two years. Some of us need a little more. It's been frustrating for, for us because we've lost people we love. I think, I mean, I, I, I don't know the actual number, but just before Christmas hit, I was thinking about how many people's families were entirely different this year than they were the previous year because of the changes that the pandemic and other circumstances of life have made. It's been difficult. So earlier this week, I, I put out a, a little question on our family Facebook page about what good things have happened this year. What have been the blessings? And quite a few of you responded. It was nice to read through a lot of the things that were said. And I kind of wrapped them up into to basic ideas. But we've come together during a very difficult moments to help one another. It's happened quite a few times over this past year. Uh, we, we've had a lot of peace even through COVID. I, I'll tell you right now, I... Being a preacher and talking to a lot of different preachers in a lot of different areas, the peace that we've had here at Edwards Lake has been remarkable compared to what a lot of other churches have experienced. And it has been wonderful to, to be able to go through that. If we're going to go through a mess, it's nice to go through a mess with people who are going to handle it right. And, and that's been the case here. Somebody wrote, we're back to worshiping together. That was hard to not worship together. I know that was 2020, not 2021. But I, I tell you, even here at the end of 2021, probably 15, 16 months after that, that short break where we weren't worshiping together, on a, on, together meaning in person, on a, on a weekly basis, that, 
I still appreciate it. Don't you? Like I still look back at those weeks and go, I, I just want to shake them off like they're, they're mud on my skin. Like it, it, it was so uncomfortable. And it's nice to be back together. We've had new families join our, our family here. Uh, the Bakers have joined us and the Maddoxes have joined us. Uh, Cindy has joined us. Put reads with a question mark. Just uh, we we've got new families who want to help us in the work, and who have been incredibly active and wonderful and great additions to what we're trying to do here. We had a gospel meeting again after having to cancel so many, and that was good to spend that time together. Uh, what I hear most often from our family here is that we actually, we want to be together. I mean, we want to be together. It, it's not we have to be together. It's we're looking for opportunities in which we can be together. Several of us have moved, have found new jobs, but we've all kind of stayed together, and that, that's been wonderful. We've got a great group of young people who love being together, uh, who every opportunity there is, they they. They all show up. I tell you, I've never in my life been in a group where you offer something for the young people and every single one of them shows up every single time that they can. There's always that, that, those few who don't want to take part. We don't have that here. We got young people who love to be together, some who have been baptized and have started taking a part in the work that we're trying to do. And while all of that has been good, I, I also want to caution you that we can't rest on that. Uh, Winston Churchill says, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. And that's kind of where we need to look at all of this to say, you know what, yeah, We've had some difficult things. We've had a lot of blessings. We've had a lot of good things. And we can't let that be enough. We can't settle in on that. What we have to do is, is decide that we're going to, to define success correctly. And I, I'm going to steal from a sermon series I did back when we first moved here. But success is a peace of mind which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing that you did your best to become the best you were capable of becoming, from John Wooden. But success is not about achievement. It's about being set up for achievement. It's about doing the work that brings about achievement. It's about making sure that you are being the very best you are capable of being. And in a lot of ways, we are that, and in a lot of ways, we're not. I, I'll be honest, I think a lot of our blessings have been, in a lot of ways, accidental blessings. And what I mean by that is, there are good things that have happened for you and me, but the reason they've happened is not because we've necessarily worked for them, but because they are the result of who we are. And, and that's good, I'm glad we're the kind of people that, that God brings blessings to and that our character precedes blessing. We also got to put some work behind that. 
We got to put a plan together which will make good things happen. And so there are several passages right there. If you turn over to Proverbs chapter 16, there's, there's a bunch in a row. Proverbs chapter 16. Start reading in verse 3. Commit your activities to the Lord and your plans will be established. That sounds great. The Lord has prepared everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of disaster. Everyone with a proud heart is detestable to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness. And one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. When a person's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. See, all of that had to do with character. They said you have to have the right kind of character to realize that you're not to be proud, that uh, proud people will not go unpunished, that, that you should be righteous, that you should pursue righteousness even over money and income, that, that you should be focused on the right things. But ultimately, if we're going to move forward, we have to make plans that are approved by God. And so I want to do that with you a little bit this morning. Not in a selfish, self-directed kind of way, because that, that's what often gets us in trouble. Notice there it says in that verse that uh, it, you know, we plan our way, but the Lord determines our steps. So what I want to do is, is spend some time sharing with you what, what I think are good, God-approved steps we can take as a congregation as we move forward into this next year. You know, we tend to have a habit of starting things and not finishing them. Uh, it, it's kind of a joke in our society at this point about New Year's resolutions, Right? And, and I've heard more in the past couple of years of people saying, well, I don't even make them anymore. Like, I just gave up on the whole idea, the whole process. I don't make goals. I don't make resolutions. I don't make determinations that I'm going to change my ways because I know I'm not going to do those things. A lot of people start good ideas. They don't finish the good ideas. And I think the reason that happens is because we're not pursuing God's ideas. We're pursuing our own but I want to share with you what I think are some God-approved ideas for us for the next year. Um, so let's spend some time together this morning figuring out what it is God wants us to do. Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. Uh, if that's true, then we need to do things the way God wants us to do them. Secondly, we've got to count the cost. Uh, that's what Luke chapter 14 talks about, and y'all are familiar with that passage about uh, what man goes to, to build a house and does not figure out if he has what he needs in order to finish the house. And anybody who would do that and only half build a house is going to be made fun of because he didn't have what he needed to finish the house. And uh, we need to be willing to count the cost and make sure. And then this ever well-known passage about if we're going to do the Lord's work, we need to be those who do it and do it in a way where we excel still more. Chris Emerson has made that verse more popular in recent years. Additionally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and we encourage you in the Lord Jesus 
that as you have received instruction from us on how you should live and please God as you are doing, excel still more. For you know what commands we gave you through the Lord Jesus. So let's, let's spend a little bit of time this morning talking about a plan for 2022. Hopefully, and I, I have been praying about the things I'm going to present today. I'm going to go kind of quickly through them, which is why I said have a pencil or something you can write down a few things uh, about. But uh, I, I want us to kind of look through what, what we have to look forward to in 2022. And here, here's how I want you to receive this, okay? Because we're going to have a tendency to receive this the wrong way. Here's how I want you to receive what we're going to talk about today. Not as a to-do list. That's the way we often receive these types of things. Well, you know, Adam's telling us we got to do this, this, and this, and we got to check off these boxes and get these things done. That's not the way I want you to listen to this this morning. What I want you to do is to think critically as I go through the things, the, the plan for 2022, and think, is this what God would want me to be a part of? That's the question I want you to ask. Is this what God wants me to be a part of? Because I tell you, if, if he does, we got some good work ahead of us. And it's something that we can all get behind and be a part of. Let me start with our theme for 2022. We, we often build things around a the theme. This year was, y'all should know this because we had a lot of sermons on it, right? Acts chapter 2, verse 42, right? Continually devoted. They continually devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This year's is a little bit different. It's not based off of a Bible verse. It's actually based off of uh, the words of a song. Uh, but it is, uh, I, I think, a good thing to think about. Get it up here. It's called, It's All About Him. It's all about Him. Now, I know you can't read the words to that little slide thing over there. That, that's going to be printed big and put out. But here, here's the basic premise of our theme this year. It, it's not about me. It's not about you. And it's not about the world. Not about those around us. Not about all these other things. It's about him. And we're going to spend a lot of time every, uh, every first and third Sunday morning talking about this theme and, and what it means for us to be focused on him and not ourselves. I, I think it will be uplifting. I had originally entitled this thing, It's Not About You, and that seemed a bit negative. But, you know, I didn't want to print that really big and post that everywhere. It's not about you, you know. But ultimately, what we're, what we're trying to focus on, and, and the elders are the ones who, who chose this theme, so it, it's the idea of we need to get outside of ourselves a little bit and quit focusing on ourselves so much and start focusing on God. Start focusing on him because he's really what it's all about. It, it's about serving him and doing things his way. And so I, I've divided up the quarters this way. Quarter one, January through March, is going to be about putting God first in all things. Quarter two is going to be about putting others before yourself uh, and how that is a way in which we serve God. It'll be based a lot off of Jesus' statements about doing for the least of these, you've done it for me. 
Uh, quarter three is going to be about finding your value in salvation, not in some sort of self-worth, not in some sort of self-care, uh, those types of ideas, but about finding your value in your connection with God and not in any other thing. And then quarter four is about seeing others the way God sees them. Hopefully, that'll be good at helping us focus on the things that really matter. Uh, again, our, our goal is to learn to see this world, see this life through God's eyes, and not our own. And, and I have found over the years that most of the cares and concerns and the distractions of life are easily eliminated if we would just put our eyes back on him. Isn't that exactly what Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 tells us? That we need to, to not grow weary in running the race, that we need to get rid of the distractions that are getting in our way, uh, lay aside every hindrance and sin that so easily ensnares us, let us run the race with endurance, the one that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And that's what this year is going to be about putting our eyes back where they really belong. A couple of other sermon series I've already got planned out for the year. I, I, I'm ridiculous in that I've got sermons planned out, I think, through the end of the summer. Uh, that, that's not abnormal for me. doesn't mean I stick to my plan, but it does mean at least it's there in case I need it. Uh, but a couple of other series I want to do is, is, is second Sundays of the month for the year because I can't not have a, a yearly theme going, uh, do a series on why should I believe? And not so much on the physical evidences of life, but just the, the, the thought processes as to why believing is something we can do and do with confidence. Uh, so give reasons why believing is good for us. And May, I want to talk about biblical womanhood. In June, I want to talk about biblical manhood. When we get to September, I want to talk about biblical families. Uh, I've been here three years, and we've not spent hardly any time talking about those three topics, and I think it'll be good to go back and spend some time on those. Uh, as of right now, of course, things can change depending on the circumstances of our world, but as of right now, Jared Hagan is, is scheduled to come on April 3rd through 8th. No? Do what? 8, 9, and 10. That, that got changed. All right, so 8, 9, and 10. Um, so mark that down. Uh, not what's on the screen. April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, so make sure that you have that on your schedule. I, I have listened to the sermons. I was not here. He preached his last series here, I think, the week before my family came. Uh, and so I got to listen to those, and they were, they were fantastic. Uh, so I hope you'll go ahead and make plans to be here April 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, in the fall, we have Josh Carter coming in the month of October. Those dates have not been ironed out, I don't believe. Nope, nope. okay. So, uh, making sure. So, uh, make sure that you are, are, are planning to come to those. They, they will be great times for us to be challenged and great times for us to put our focus back on God. Ideally, again, uh, if things don't interfere, I, we've taken two years off of vacation Bible school. And I miss it. Uh, I don't know about you, but I miss it. I miss the, the, not just the kids. I can kind of do without the kids if, if we needed to, but 
You know what I miss about Vacation Bible School? Coming together with you and spending that time really focusing on doing something together. Uh, what I really miss is the camaraderie that comes in the family and, and putting together something so, so helpful to so many. And so I'm hoping we'll be able to do that this year. A couple of other studies that, that are planned for 2022. Uh, right now, we currently have a breakfast study going on at 7 o'clock in the morning at Cracker Barrel on first and third Wednesdays. Uh, we will at least finish the book of James and then decide what we're going to do with that. Uh, but for those of you who don't, aren't tied up at that time, we have a great discussion. And it is much less auditorium Bible classy, uh, the way I teach in here, and much more roundtable discussion where we just dig into the text and talk about how it applies to our lives. And, and we'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, we're going to do several deep, what I'm calling deep dive studies. Uh, I don't know the format of these yet. I will reach out to you and we'll decide that before they happen. But in, in February, I want us to do a study together on the ideas of worship in May on decision-making and how to do that well, in August on self-worth, which I think will be interesting in line with the topics of our theme this year, and then in November talking about work ethic. Uh, I, I, those are more practical and more, more purposeful to try to help us dig into some ideas, uh, but I think they can be beneficial for us as we try to move forward. Our regular Bible classes, uh, this is the way they're, they're scheduled for this year. Uh, quarter one, we're doing the book of Acts. Quarter two, Romans and 1 Corinthians. Quarter three, 2 Corinthians through Colossians. And in quarter four, 1 Thessalonians through James. I didn't double check that with Steve, but I'm, I made that based off of the list Steve sent me. So I'm pretty sure it is correct, and he's not shaking his head. So I'm, I'm feeling more confident now that I've said that. All right, so... That's what I want to do for studies. Uh, that's a lot. And, and let me again repeat what I wanted you to think about this with. Not a, okay, Adam just gave me a bunch of stuff for a checklist. That, that's not the point here. The point is, which of these things, what of this would God want me to be involved with? That's the question I want you to ask. That does not mean everything on the list. It might mean that for you. But if you're a young family and you have children and you have other obligations, for instance, at that breakfast study, then that study is not for you and don't feel guilty about it. I want you to decide what is best for your growth and in your attempt to please God. A couple of things for fellowship for you to consider. Uh, currently, we've got a teen study going on on third Saturdays every single month uh, that, again, I'll, I'll stay all of our teens come, through, uh, come to, and that, that has been wonderful. Uh, I know the Bakers had started a, a study in their home with the college age or young adults, because not all of them are in college anymore, uh, which has, uh, everything I hear about it has been, that has been wonderful and great, and they are all loving it and drawing closer together, and I'm so appreciative of the bakers for doing that. Uh, we got the food book that gets passed around. That really is an item of fellowship, uh, because I know it's, we could call it a lot of different things, but it is the way we work together and partner together in taking care of one another, uh, which, is an, which is a concept of fellowship. Planned. 
Some of the things we're starting pretty immediately this year is we're starting a thing called men's, what's called First Feast, which essentially, I didn't want to call it The Breakfast Club because that just comes along with that movie. And no, thank you. Um, but First Feast, uh, it, we're on third Saturday, we're just going to get together and we're going to eat breakfast together. Uh, the first one I put in the bulletin is going to be at the Flying Biscuit down on 280. And, uh, and, and again, the, the purpose of that is not to start another study. It is to build relationships. That being said, we're Christian. And it could be that we're sitting there and, and Alan goes, hey, I, I was reading this yesterday. What do you think to the person in front of him? And we start a big, long Bible conversation. That is on the table. That is not what, it, what, what we're assigned to do, okay? Part of this is just learning to spend time together. Uh, we're going to start something called a mentorship program to match up some adults with some of our teens, and you're going to hear a lot more about that at the congregational meeting on the 8th and the 13th. What? No, 9th and 16th, thank you. Uh, I'm just going to put a calendar up here in front of me. So, uh, yes, uh, be, and, and again, one of the reasons I wanted to go ahead and present this today was so that you could make a list and say, I've got questions about this, and you can ask the elders about it or ask me at that congregational meeting. Um, but we're, again, trying to create opportunities for relationship. Other individual activities we've seen uh, happening and going to happen this next year is this, you know, birthday lunches. Uh, we have quite a few of our ladies who get together and try to celebrate people on their birthdays. And so those are supposed to continue on this year. Potlucks, new song classes. Keith and Alyssa are, are looking at dates to have host one of those at their house uh, in the month of January. Singings that we, that we have and, and love to have. Game nights where we get together and do those types of things. General hospitality, service projects, just in the month of December, not only on top of the food book. I know uh, the bakers had the teens over to cook cookies and take them out to different people. Several of us went caroling around to the different uh, older members' homes. We've got different service projects that, that pop up that aren't church-controlled or elder-led or church-sanctioned. They're just what we do because we are the church. They're what we do because we love one another. And so I ask you again, as you think through these things, what of this would God want you to be a part of? Consider that. Another thing is evangelism. I have to be real careful in this category because, as you know, I love to talk evangelism, and I'm getting way too close to the end of my, uh, my hour here. I, I also have to be careful because I'm a planner. But I have come to the conclusion over the years that the best evangelism and the most successful evangelism is the stuff that is just organic and genuine. It's when we sit down and have a conversation with our neighbor because we love Jesus so much we can't stop talking about him. And there is a danger that comes with starting evangelism programs uh, in that we think evangelism is, is confined to a program. Or we get so tied up in a program that we don't do it organically anymore. Or 
Uh, we get to where we're like, well, we do evangelism as a church, therefore I don't need to do it as an individual. And I want to encourage you not to do that. What I want to encourage you to do instead is to think about this. Think about how you can start something this year that creates opportunities for people to become Christians. I don't know what that is for you, and I'm not going to tell you what that is for you, even if I did know, because I want you to come up with it. It might be something as bold as hosting a study. If you're comfortable, and maybe it's not even a comfort thing, because we shouldn't do things because we're comfortable with them. We should do them because they're right. But if you're willing to open up your home and host a study, then do that. Start that this year. Uh, you will have plenty of help making that happen. Uh, or maybe it's involving yourself in some other evangelistic study. Or it could just be being somebody who says, you know what, every single week I'm going to invite somebody to come worship with us. Or, or it might be, I, I, wanna, I don't know how to teach, but I want to learn how to teach, and therefore uh, that's my goal, that's my endeavor this year, and how I'm going to uh, better myself in the work of evangelism. But I want us to shy away from institutionalizing the process because that doesn't work. It, it's the reason churches go year after year being the exact same. They don't change. And the reason they don't change is because they're waiting on some program to work instead of just getting up and doing the work themselves. That being said, uh, if it's desired, and I'm going to judge this based off of who comes to me and says, hey, yes, I want to do that. I've got material, great material, that I've already put together that would be very easy for us to sit down and have a six-week-long crash course on evangelism. If you want to do it, we'll do it. it. It will give you practical help. It will give you motivation. It will give you a lot of scripture as to why to do it. It'll give you tools to use in doing the process. It'll even walk you through, hey, here's how to go have that conversation. Here's how to stand up to certain objections. Here, I mean, it, it, it's got all of that stuff in it if you want to do it. But, but I also don't want to create a, a, a guilt-trippy program instead of just expecting us to step up and do it. See, here's what's interesting to me. You know, I said earlier at the beginning of the lessons we were talking about in the last year, I said there's a lot of things that are happening naturally just because of who we are. This is one of those things that should be happening just because of who we are. If we love God, we'll talk about him. And if we love people, we're going to want them to be saved. And those two things go hand in hand every single time if we'll just open ourselves up to it. Lastly, a plan for growth. Because ultimately this is really, uh, while we are in a lot of ways a, a group that is, that is focused on sharing the gospel with the world, and absolutely something we should be doing, we are also a group that is designed to train and build. Ephesians chapter 4 says he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the work of building up, for the training of the saints. 
And you look over in 2 Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The goal for us as God's people is to continually be growing, changing, developing. So that's one of the goals I want you to make for yourself this year. Whether that be in your study, in your devotion, in the way that you serve others, in the fellowship that you share with God's people, whatever area it is, and maybe probably best in all of those areas, do more, more often. So what I mean by that is, is this. Instead of showing up five minutes before service begins and leaving five minutes after it ends, make it your goal to get here 15 minutes early and stay 15 minutes late. And talk. Build relationships. That's a small change that allows you to do more and to do it more often. Maybe it's, it's, it's in, the role, in the goal of evangelism. You know there are certain people in your life you've quit talking to about the gospel. Start talking again. Start having conversations again. Uh, if it's if it, uh, in studying, find a way to add something else to your studying. But instead of resting on what has always worked, do more more often. Be intentional with what you do. This is something I've really had to work on in my, in my prayer life. Uh, it is so easy for me to just bow my head and pray, be done in two minutes, and move on with my day. That's easy. That, that, that's simple. I can always remember things I need to pray about. And generally speaking, I can remember new things I need to pray about. It's not always the same stuff that I'm praying about. Do you know what has made a difference for me? Because I don't think in pictures. I've shown, I've, 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 I think I've shown you all this before. I have bulletin boards up in my office at home, and I print pictures off of people that I'm praying for, and I post them on that bulletin board, and I can stand there in my office not comfortably. That's why I stand, so I don't get tired and fall asleep while praying or something like that. But I can stare at those boards and pray intentionally for those people. What you do, you can do with more intention, and it will cause it to have more purpose, have more value, allow you to be more focused, and be more of what God has called you to be. So plan to grow this year. Plan to increase. Plan to change. And ultimately, the reason we do that is because it's not about us. It's not about our comfort. It's not about what's easy. It's not about what we're already good at. It's about developing into more for him. Because life is really all about him another verse or two for you. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1. Proverbs 27, verse 1. 
says, don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day might bring. James chapter 4 tells the story of don't say you're going to this city to do this and that or, or assume that, that you're going to know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Ultimately, life is but a vapor. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And we do know who we serve and who we worship and who we obey, and we do know the reason why we do what we do, and we do know what happens in the end, and that what happens in the end will have very little to do with how much money we've made. It'll have very little to do with, with, with how many friends we have. It'll have very little to do with any sort of accomplishment we've made on earth. In the end, you know what will really matter? The only thing that will really matter is whether we served him to the best of our ability or not. That's it. So I, I implore you, let's do that together. Let's work together so that next year could be the best year and the best things could happen because God is the one directing our steps. God, God giving us 365 new days. Maybe, we don't know. But I saw this sign at Hobby Lobby the other day, and I thought, I really need to buy this for myself. And then I thought, no, I really need to not spend money that I'm not supposed to spend. But it, uh, it, 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 it's just a small little sign that, that really captures the way we need to view life, that we have 365 new days ahead of us, which means we have 365 new chances to do for God and to change for God and to be what God has asked us to be. So I encourage you, let's take advantage of it. If that seemed like a lot of things for this next year, sorry, 365 days to get all those things done, and we'll easily get that done. But what I want you to really think about as we go through this, as I said in the beginning, is not, okay, how do I fit all of this in? It's how do I fit the best things in? How do I do the things that matter most? How do I grow in a way that causes the most growth? How do I challenge myself to be more of what God wants me to be in the best ways and choose those things? Uh, it, I'll be honest, I could wear you out with activity. That's not my goal. My goal is to give you opportunities to grow. And if we can do that, if, if that's what we're offering here, we will do well as a group of God's people. And so hopefully we'll do that this next year. Uh, growth begins with a relationship with God in the first place. And I know for a fact there are some of us in here who have never made that commitment. We've never had our sins washed away. Uh, we're still covered in sins. We're still uh, lost. We're still guilty. And I want to give you the opportunity to change that. The first change you need to make is committing yourself to God. And so if you're, if you're wanting to do that, if, if that's, I, there's no reason to wait till 2022, get that done today. If you're wanting to become a child of God, do that. Let him wash away your sins in baptism and join you to his family. And so I encourage you, if, if, if that's the change you need to make, 
make that change today. You can make it as we stand and sing this song. Hosanna, you're my king. Thanks for listening and studying God's word with us. We want to help you draw closer to Jesus as your Lord. If you feel some need as a result of today's message, whether that be a need to seek God's salvation, or you are just in the need of prayers, please reach out to us. You can find out more about us, including contact information at edwardslakechurch.org. If you want to continue to open God's word with us, please check out other sermons on our podcast or come visit with us at Edwards Lake Church anytime you can. Thanks again, and we pray God's blessings for you.